nothing wrong There's a code of silence and it can't go on I am Alan Watt, and this is Cutting Through the Matrix on July 17, 2009. Newcomers should look into CuttingThroughTheMatrix.com website. And on the front page, you'll see the latest shows I've done or download. Go into the archives. You can download to your heart's content of hundreds of talks I've given on the past where I try to give you the shortcuts to understanding the big picture. And on the front page, you'll also see all the other sites I have. You bookmark these because uh, I have trouble with the main servers once in a while. I expect more in the future. And regardless, if you pick one of those other sites, you might find it easier to download. When so many thousands are going into one site at the same time, you can get stick, sticking problems, all that kind of problem. And uh, this bypasses it when people are using different sites to download the same stuff. So you can go into uh, cutting through jenkins.com you also see cutting through the matrix.net.us.ca alan watt cutting through the matrix.ca and alan watt sentinel.eu the latter one has the same audios as all the rest but it also has written transcripts in the different languages of europe for download and print up and remember this is probably the only show out there where the listeners bring me to you because I don't ask for money from any of the shows I'm on. I certainly could. But this gives me more leeway to say things I want to say uh, by not really being responsible to advertisers. Say The advertisers you hear on this show uh, pay the company RBN directly. That pays for their time. That pays for their airwaves. It pays for the satellite. pays for all the bills, etc., technicians that they, they have to pay out to fork out to. So you can always help me to get a tick along here. It just ticks along. It's amazing how it's almost gone and something will happen and somebody sends a few bucks. And it's always the same people. Thousands and thousands listen, but they're so used to getting everything for free today that they don't notice that, you're, that anything's happened until you've gone. And that's what happens to a lot of people. They just go, you see. And that's why most folk, as I say, go with the advertisers and get paid directly. It's up to you. You can also buy what I have for sale on the website, cuttingthroughthematrix.com. That will take over. I hope to make more DVDs shortly, in fact. If the weather clears up, it's been pouring rain for two months in Canada daily. I repeated last year after the contrails in the morning or the chemtrails, daily rain. So you can help me out by donating as well. You see the PayPal buttons on the site that I have. It's up to you to keep me going. And I try, I try to stick to the facts on this show. I try to sift through what really is important amongst all the other stuff that can distract us all and, and worry us all, etc. But I, I try to show you the common thread through everything of how we're manipulated. Now, also, I need more translators for uh, alanwattsentinel.eu. So if you're interested in trying your hand, uh, get in touch with me at alanwattcuttingthrough at yahoo.com. And we'll see what we can do. It's up to you. But the hardest part is starting off the first transcript. You try, most folks are so nervous of getting something wrong. And I tell them, you know, you have to transpose it into your own language. Nothing 
directly translates, you see, in the different languages. You have to transpose it in a way that's understandable. So the theme isn't lost, the message isn't lost, but you often have to do uh, in a different sort of way. It's how you lay it out for the public to understand. So, as I say, I don't bite people's heads off. I try to encourage them, and it's surprising how fast they become as time goes on, and they get confident too. Back with more after this break. Canada 
There's a lot of documentaries, and I think your show is called Undercurrents. She did a documentary about 98, I think it was, on the coming uh, ID card and Big Brother and so on. And she started off the show by showing you how the clear pass was already in use. I didn't even know that. But you had this clear pass ID, and you had to go to the police, and they, they did all this stuff with your, with your digital imaging, etc., thumbprints, iris scan, and now you're a, a, a bona fide, you know, checked, cleared customer for travel. It was voluntary then, you see. And I did tape that. I did tape that show. But, uh, it, was an, it was amazing because you talked to the big CEOs, you know, the big guys with the, they have no neck, these CEOs, you know, they don't have any necks, suits and ties with no necks. And she talked to this guy, who are, they're well fed though, you can tell that by their punch. And she said, she says, what makes you think the public will take this ID card? And he said then, this is 98, uh, they'll be given no option. That was on the show. And that's how it is, you see. We're given no option. There's a big plan always from the top, from the pyramid top down. And they never tell the public. You don't scare the children at the bottom. And they treat us like children. And we accept it. And you see, once you accept one little bit of the bait or whatever they've given you or thrown at you, uh, you, you swallow the next bits and say, well, I guess, you know, I'm, I'm kind of used to the first bait, so I guess it's was, was a problem to take the next bait. You know? That, that's how it works. It's incremental, and you have to accept the first part before you accept the second part. Then you'll say, well, I'm already doing this, so what's wrong with going the next step? That's how we, we, we kind of go through it in a basic, rational, sort of step-by-step manner. Most people don't think through anything. And when, about the same time uh, as Wendy Mesley did that show, uh, Alan Rock, Alan Rock, who was the, uh, he, was, he was the head of, of all law, the Attorney General for Canada, a lifer again, a lifer who was well known at the top. He's always had a quiet profile. It's a lot of lifelong politics up there doing the real work, you know. And he was so important at one time, in fact, that even when the Beatles came over to Canada, uh, they arranged for him to meet him. That, that's a bit of pool, especially when it was a young Alan Rock in politics, who was a nobody. But he was also known as somebody that put him there. But he worked surreptitiously, quietly, all through the years. And single-handedly, as the Justice Minister, he brought forth a, a, a massive omnibus bill anti-terror bill by himself in the late 90s. Again, nothing's happening. Cold War is over. And there were a couple of journalists, and no more, who did say, well, what's going on here? This is martial law, this, this bill here, uh, with uh, indefinite arrest and uh, detainment, etc., blah, 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 blah. And that was as far as it went. It was passed, ran through, and once he'd finished that job, like the good technocrat he is, he was pulled out and sent off to the United Nations to work at the, the top office, you see. So we've been under this United Nations for an awful long time. Big socialist agenda. And the UN is completely socialist. It's got nothing to do. It's a private organization. It's got nothing to do with democracy. But they use democracy when they go into countries to pretend to spread it. Actually, what they're spreading is a propaganda for their agenda. 
is a divide and conquer. You see. And then we have then we have um, a total information network after 9/11, after the first of the m- many major crises, real and imaginary, that we've been hit with on a roller coaster of crisis, crisis, crisis. Since 9/11, the crisis of terrorism, we're going to get blown up. We're all going to get those with anthra- anthrax. And the stuff that was released at that time came from Fort Dix, apparently, or Maryland. And that's all in the papers, too. And that's never been explained. Uh, regardless, and then we have uh, a total information network. Well, we have to monitor every phone call, every fax, every email, and record everything. And then we've got to watch everybody, etc. Total information network. And I often say to people, what do you think total information network means? And they look at you with those lobster eyes, you know, straight out of the tank. Uh, just, you, you know, nobody home. It's like looking at an alien. Because they don't think much. The general public who are into daily media downloads, that's all it is, downloads, don't think through anything. In fact, they're not even encouraged to think. That's the school system, in fact, to be honest with you. You start off then learning not to think for yourself. You're, you expect, you've been trained to be told everything. Then you parrot it. Just parrot, parrot, parrot. Total information network. And they weren't kidding, were they? Worldwide, interrelated systems, all integrated with each other. For really world governments. And there are no favorite countries, by the way, under world governments. Don't ever, ever think the person that you elect, that looks kind of like you, has anything in common with you. Anything in common with you. That's the big mistake people make. Never have had anything in common with you. Here's an article from Time Knots. Time Knots is from Mark Bard. July the 17th. And I'll put these links up at the end of the show on my website. This is from, from uh, this is, um, this is here, Boston, Government Hardware, Massachusetts, Media, etc. New England News, Policies, Police, Privacy, Security, Technology, Terrorism, Universal Hub, Universal Hub, Wi-Fi, Wireless, very important. So Universal Hub really is the news that Boston's languishing municipal Wi-Fi project, they're all putting in the Wi-Fi, and you all we're told it was to help you get fast internet and all that stuff. Maybe even free. <laughs> yeah, guess who will pay for it? It says, that is, its government-run wireless internet service has been reinvented as an ad hoc mesh network. Of course, I had no idea it was going to go like this in the first place, right? Therefore, initially focused on traditional wireless access points, like the ones you can see on light poles all over Brooklyn or Brookline. But organizers realized that would prove impossibly expensive and so are now using a mesh approach in which each subscriber's computer is essentially equipped to act as an access point through a cheapo router. The result, free Wi-Fi in parts of the Fenway. Now they're doing this all over the place, remember. Via Universal Hub, all Boston, all the time, that's a logo. So this is not likely to be good news for individual privacy and security. First, consider the following. Many Wi-Fi projects in other cities have been marred by conflicts of interest and mishandling. 
of data, that is. Users and other cities are already being charged for what they were told was going to be free access. Of course, that was that was a given from the beginning. Bosses among the cities planning to piggyback police, police right, and other government other government communications onto its Muni Wi-Fi network. This dual use for this network has the potential to bring homeland security dollars into the city's coffers. It's for total information network. All your data that you're going to pay for. Back with more after these messages. And they're told to go hunt in packs 
in Britain. And they'll, they'll take cops from maybe three different areas, bring them all into one city, and they sit there like wolves. And they have all these names like attacks and so on, uh, just like they're in a warfare situation, they're like marauders and blah, blah, blah. And they can read every license plate gone by by the computer automatically. And as they're doing it automatically, it punches up your, light, your, your insurance to see if you're still up to scratch on your, your insurance, your, your, your various license stickers, your, your road tax, and all the rest of it. Everything comes up. And if, some, if something's not quite up to scratch or you're weekly and paying something, uh, a red light goes off, and the whole pack chases you. They love hunting because they're really predators, you see. And this is what they're putting in there, you see, California, and everywhere else across the world for this brave new world. After all, you see, we're children under socialism, and we don't know what's right for us. We need our betters to keep us all in line and train us, just like Bernays trained generations of people, but now training us to simply obey our betters by being electronically monitored everywhere we go. And I've no doubt at all, you know, when the cloud system comes in for computers and so on, and you have no access to data unless you're allowed to have access to the data. You won't have any hard drive eventually. Eventually, that's where it's going to go. Remote servers will have all your data. And you try to send a, a letter to someone, and you maybe swear in it, just like that Schwarzenegger movie, you know. Your little box will pop up. Or you see a politically incorrect thing. And I'll warn you of all the fines if you go ahead and send it. And I'll say, do you really want to send this? Do you really want to send this? And you might be ticked off and you say, yeah, I will send it. And off it goes and, and bang, you're hit by a fine immediately. That's coming. Or you have no more access to all the data stored in the clouds that you need to use access to for yourself just to survive. So they use it as a form of punishment, you see. I guarantee you. All this has been discussed long ago before you even heard of the Internet. It's quite something. These are, I don't know if people ever saw um, the movie Brazil. It's a comedy about a future scenario done years ago by Terry Gwilliam, did Monty Python, a guy who was definitely in the know, where the biggest department in the world is the Ministry of Information Retrieval, because everything runs on information, it's a, and it's a socialist system everywhere you go. If you needed someone to come in and fix your air conditioner or your heating, they have to sign ten different forms for the government, and so do you, and all that kind of stuff. See, that's socialism. You can't get anything unless you fill in forms, because government wants to know everything that's going on, and they have to authorize everything. Two years ago, maybe three, in Canada, they told the guys who deliver heating oil to your homes, so you'd have to hand out an official government form that you used to fill in before they were allowed to fill up your oil. I guess you have to freeze to death. Just socialism, total control. Back with more after this break. You're listening to the Republic Broadcasting Network. Because you can handle the truth. Socialism really, really works. It's always 
through stealth. They could understand Fabianism and study the Fabianist society to understand the intergenerational penetration. That's how they wanted to take over and bring in their form of communism rather than through a direct revolution. If you have a direct revolution, there are always people with memory who will pass on what really happened and, and resent the system. But if you gradually infiltrate and do it intergenerationally, it becomes normal. And then you get one generation, it grows up, and that's all they know, and they think it's normal. That's happened across the world. And it came in through the big foundations that are linked to the Fabian society, which is also linked to the Royal Institute for International Affairs. They're all linked to one system. They are one system, collectively, you see. The specialized areas of it. And in the movie Brazil, as I say, they give you this future, it's all here, actually, a comedy a comedy of the future where bureaucracy runs everything and everything has to do with information retrieval. That's not, that came from World War II, that whole idea. Because, you see, there was a ministry. Britain has a ministry of information, national ministry of information for the public. The information doesn't mean it's true data. It just means that's what they're going to tell the public about different topics. We really are kept in the dark all the time and treated like children. And in Brazil, because of a mistake over a, a guy's name, Buttle and Tuttle, the SWAT team comes through the roof as they're watching TV. They cut a hole in the ceiling and whisk this guy off. That's the last to see of him. And then the movie sort of goes on from there into this future scenario of farcical government employees and totalitarianism. Whereas I say you couldn't even get your heating fixed and I should forms and applications and it all went through the government's ministry of information and in Canada yep they did put out that uh, form and they, they, were, they refused to allow the tankers to fill up your oil for heating in the winter unless you have government inspectors in, who would then say what it needed done or didn't need done generally the law was fine something obviously and then you have to go and pay to get whatever they say is up to scratch. And then you have to pay them to come back in and reinspect it before you get your heating oil to keep yourself alive. And of course, if you said, you know, I need the oil, I've got to heat myself or I'll die this winter, uh, they'll check, well, sorry, sir, terribly sorry, that's not our fault. And you say, well, it is your fault, you see, because I could always get the oil before. And, uh, and I've got the money for the oil, but I can't afford you as well on top of this oil. And you're okay. And I, I can't afford any upgrades according to the latest of the latest of the latest, etc. And I can't afford to bring you back in again to recertify it. You see? And you'll say, well, I can't help that, sir. I can't help that, sir. I'm only doing my job. So then you say, well, you're, so, so you are refusing. And I start to die of, uh, of being frozen here. Oh, no, we're not saying that, sir. If you can just comply with this, you can survive. See, they've got a catch-22. They don't deny you. And they will not say, we're going to kill you and freeze you to death. They just say, if you can just comply with this, then you, of course you can heat yourself, sir. That's how government does it. Coercion, you see, and in circles. That keeps them legally out of it. Well, we didn't condemn them to death by freezing. We gave them an option, you see. And I guess under eugenics, if you can't afford all that stuff, then under there we have looking at well the poorest should die shouldn't they that makes sense doesn't it eugenics so 
that's how ridiculous it gets with tuttle and bustle and kidnapping and all the rest of it. And you're also going to the other, uh, see the old movie like um, Fahrenheit 451, a perfectly controlled society who all come to their doors when the, the government's ban goes round with the tannoys. Come to your doors and they all empty themselves in the gardens like good little people, all trained and well behaved. That's the system we're going into. Here's an article that falls right in with the, this, you see. Falls right in with it, just like Tuttle and Bottle in the movie Brazil. Friday the 17th of July, 2009, from the Telegraph. This is from Britain. This is what happened in Britain just recently. Please close down Facebook barbecue for 15 people. A guy was having a birthday party, right? Put it on his Facebook for his friends. When Andrew Poole organized his 30th birthday party, hardly a youngster, right, 30 years old, and posted invitations on the social networking site Facebook, Facebook, he was expecting only 17 guests, including family members. This is from 16th of July, 2009. He was therefore a little surprised when eight police officers, some dressed in body armor, arrived with a riot van and a helicopter support. Mr. Poole, a coach driver, claimed he was doing little more than lighting a barbecue for a few of his friends to celebrate as his birthday. However, police, this is police have to get right on it and, and excuse themselves, feared it was to turn into a large-scale rave, or one of these rave parties that teenagers have, prompted by the Internet invitations. The problem with Facebook parties getting out of hand has largely been a problem for the parents of teenagers who've arrived home to find that an invitation to birthday celebrations has been accepted by a few too many guests. Mr. Poole had organized the party in a field, and in, a, in a field, right? Away from everybody. In Soton, Devon, which was owned by a friend. He said it started to rain, so we had gone in under the gazebo, and all of a sudden there was this noise in the sky. I honestly could not believe it. This thing, the helicopter, hovered over us for about 25 minutes watching 15 people eat. They told us, through Tanoi, I guess, to take down the sound system and said that everybody had got to leave. It was 4 p.m. at the 30 years old. It was 4 p.m. and we had not plugged in the music. I'd never been playing. They were told to shut it down and everyone's got to leave. What effectively police did was to stop 15 people eating burgers. Mr. Poole said he spent £800 for the hire of the generator, the marquee tent, and food. He added the police had full-on camouflage trousers and body armor. It was ridiculous. I told them it was my 30th birthday that this was a once-in-a-lifetime event and they should not ruin it. But they kept on insisting I had advertised it as an all-night rave on the internet. He says, I created an event and 17 people were confirmed as guests. I did put the time on it as overnight in case people want to sleep over. So 17 folk were invited, and the cops interpret that as an all-night rave party. And then you get the cops' version. Well, however, police said local residents had tipped them off. Nonsense, right? About a possible rave. That's because they're, they're scouring the Internet. They scour the stuff on Facebook. They've already said they use Facebook for information. Isn't it nice to know you've been watched in case you make a mistake? They're there to tell you. They bring helicopters to tell you you've made a mistake. The action by Devon police follows previous concerns about rape parties in other areas being advertised on the internet sites. Devon and Cornwall police said the decision to shut down any rape party was not taken lightly. When these gatherings are held outside the law, they may become dangerous to those attending as fire regulations <laughs> may be breached. 
and access to such a site for emergency vehicles is limited. So they, they, ping up, they bring up the whole bouquet to cover their asses. That's what they do. They cover their asses after they've screwed up. Loud music playing in small hours is annoying to people living nearby who will turn to the police to stop this disturbance. It's in a field in the middle of nowhere, owned by a farmer, who is a pal, a power of the guy who is having the party. That's, you see, that's a stretch from Brazil into reality that we are into today. Where folk are terrified, terrified, to even have a party anymore without guys upsailing down lines from the sky, from helicopters, for a few people having a birthday party and eating hamburgers. That's what socialism comes to, always. It's a totalitarian system. It has nothing to do about helping the people at the bottom at all. It's an elitist system where a selective few are all on board with the same eugenics and grandiose delusions of themselves that somehow more perfected than the rest have the right to rule the lessers. That's what it really is. That's what it really is. I'll put these links up to say on my site into the show. Now here's one here. It's interesting because it ties in with with uh, so many phrases, I've, I've talked about phrases so often, slogans and catchphrases that the elites use amongst themselves and to the public. It was like Bush with his a thousand points of light, meaning the NGOs and the foundations that back them would run the world. That's actually been admitted to now, by the way, in a big player's book that we'll mention just yet. I'll read a bit of it on the air next week, maybe. But this article here is from, of all places, it's the Hindu, India's national newspaper. Last week I mentioned about the, the economic um, uh, forum for the Americas taking place in Canada here. And most folk, you know, don't know anything about it and they don't care. But this is all to do with the integration of the Americas. And I've mentioned too that, that on that site, it's on my website you go into it and read the whole report because you see things there that astound you and how many countries in South or Latin America they've actually brought in to this union that's going to be borderless by the way and I've actually got the data here from Hillary Clinton talking about the borderless system they always tell their own members one thing this is a speech from the CFR by the way she, she was giving it they always talk about what they're really bringing in and then they tell the public an opposite story so he's from the Hindu. Now, one of the, people, the countries, the first country to come in after Mexico, uh, Canada, Mexico, the U.S., was Chile. And in fact, in Chile, they're making them the breadbasket of the world. They have been since the free trade negotiations, the precursor of NAFTA. And the big Monsantos and the big boys and Adam, uh, I call them Adam because it's from the earth, isn't it? They're taking over the soil. Archer Daniels Midlands and company, they're all down there with their GMO stuff. So here's the head, the president of Chile, giving a speech over in India. And he goes on about the current economic crisis cannot be excused to postpone international mobilization of funds 
money, see we're in a crisis and all that, to halt climate change. So you'll hear them all saying the same thing. Mr. Brown said the same thing in his speech at the G20 with the New World Order, he called it. That um, that's, uh, economic forum for the Americas also on the front page is called the New World Order. And it's all in green, green background. Really wonderful. So here's the Chilean president, all part of the same stuff. Uh, regardless of, of the crisis that are all coming along and plagues and blah, 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 it says, and, and, and economic depressions, it says, they can't stop the funds to halt climate change. That's got to keep ahead. At a meeting organized by the Confederation of Indian Industry, Mr. Bachelet emphasized the importance of addressing climate change, listing the economic crisis and global warming as the most pressing challenges today. She said the key to tackle global warming was to take the short-term approaches taken until now. The, now, here's the key phrase, you see. You've heard it already from others, from the CFR. The crisis should be seen as an opportunity for a new global environment agreement. That's exactly what Hillary said, too. The crisis should be seen as an opportunity. That's a standard council formulations for a new global environment agreement that would lay the foundation, all foundations, for a low-emission global economy that would ensure lasting prosperity. I wonder for whom. We will be in a position to make a historical leap towards Sustainable human activity. Standards, concern, foreign relations. Prattle. You see? So regardless how bad it gets, no, this is a must-be. And Hillary said the same thing. Did the same thing. But the same thing after 9-11, uh, in a speech by, to the CFR by John Kerry, I think it was. And... It might be, I think it was John Kerry, but at least he said the same thing. He says, we must take this disaster, this, uh, this crisis, and turn it to our advantage. They're always doing this. Which makes you wonder if they're behind the crisis in the first place. After all, how would you get to your goal unless something like this happens, you see? Amazing, isn't it? Amazing. Hillary's address was to... Um, it, was six, it was July the 15th, 2009 to the, the Council on Foreign Relations branch in New York City. And she was through her usual stuff, um, and they congratulating each other and all the rest of it. And it says here, uh, she was talking about all the crisis. It seems like a wise... But the international agenda today is unforgiving. Two wars, conflict in the Middle East, ongoing threats of violent extremism and nuclear proliferation, global recession, climate change again, hunger and disease, and a widening gap between the rich and the poor wash. You'll know all about that, eh? All of these challenges affect America's security and prosperity, and they all threaten global stability and progress. But they're not reason to despair about the future. And then she was on about the different things and so on, and how it, these are all challenges. See, challenges. I think it was only about two months ago she gave a similar speech and she said the same thing. We can use this to our advantage to get this through and that through in the global warming issue too and so on. They always use that to their advantage. Isn't that amazing? Oh, it's just wonderful, eh? Just wonderful. But it's, it's ongoing. And it's, it's, that speech was given uh, July the 17th to the Council of Foreign Relations. Council of Foreign Relations are private, and she even mentions the fact, too, we often go, we in government often go for advice to their policy-making, you know, departments. They make policies for governments. 
They are the parallel government for the U.S. They always have been. Professor Carl Quigley was their official historian, and he said so in his own books. No one votes them in, folks. No one, folks, votes them in. Here's how things start off. They always start off with a good reason to the public. It's something, as long as it's at least 3% plausible, we'll believe it. Rather than believe, oh my God, you can't really be nasty people doing this. 3% plausibility. So there's always a good reason, plausible, and then there's a real reason, as Colonel Mandel House said to President Wilson. It says, is tougher airport screening going too far? This is July the 2nd, 2009. It says, the Transportation Security Administration has moved beyond just checking for weapons and explosives. Now, that was their initial mandate across the world, right? For airports and so on. It's now training airport, airport screeners to spot anything suspicious and then honoring them when searches lead to arrests for crimes like drug possession and credit card fraud. It's going into all fields, you see. They check everything about you. But two court cases in the past month questions whether TSA searches, which the agency says have broadened to allow screeners to use more judgment, uh, have been going too far. A federal judge in June threw out seizure of three fake passports from a traveler, saying that TSA screeners violated his Fourth Amendment rights against unreasonable search and seizure. Congress authorizes the TSA to search travelers for weapons and explosives. Beyond that, the agency is overstepping its bounds, U.S. District Court Judge. Algernon El, El Malbley said today. So there you go. But they always creep, creeping, creeping, creeping. Always back after this break. Hi, folks. I am Alan Watts. We're cutting through the matrix. And just before I go to a caller, I want to mention that I'll have to uh, put another link up. I've read so many articles that get pulled by mainstream right after I've read them. There's the one about the, the, the eater, the machine that the military is getting made that can live off all kinds of fuel and organic material, including people and bodies. And that's, that was, I still have the original article here, but it's been changed. And they've actually said uh, all kinds of vegetable matter. Sort of skipped it. It's become vegetarian, this military robot suddenly vegetarian has gone green. But uh, that's what happens after you read these things and draw attention to them. They, they scurry. And just like Orwell's memory hole, it's gone. Now we'll go to the phones and there's Jared from New Zealand there. Uh, there, Jared. G'day. How are you? Yes. Uh, yeah, there's been some amazing stories on the <laughs> media this week, but on uh, our TV One website, I noticed that... Um, JP, there's a story about JP Morgan and Chase and Co have uh, announced that they've or forecasted that they're going to have record profits this year. Yeah. And another story from um, Goldman Sachs too that their profits have surged this year. So yeah, they're handing I've, out I think nine billion dollars distributing the top managers uh, with so many millions of dollars each for a bonus. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. unreal, isn't it? It's about business as usual, eh? Yeah, they're doing well. They're, yeah, they, they never lose. I mean, no. the public gets screwed uh, twice. Yeah. You get screwed by the, all the money vanishing, supposedly money heaven, uh, and yeah. then you, you bail them out, and they're right back at it, dishing out all this loot. Yeah. yeah a few months later, yeah. 
Oh, well, that's all I rang to say anyway. Yeah, well, thanks for calling. It's astonishing. I've got three or four articles here from various newspapers, and, and the big stink in Britain was the Royal Bank of Scotland that's actually 70% owned now by the government. Uh, and I've just handed the chairman some massive you know, multi-million pound salary and, and bonus after they bailed them out. They, they, they love just to... You see, at the top, it's always been like this. There's piracy at the top. It's a big club of pirates. And governments are part of it, you see. They're the intermediary between the public and their bosses. And their job is to make sure that those at the top still are in command of their ships by having resources of the world at their disposal, all of the cash, all of the loot. And the politicians simply make the managerial class. They, they do what they're told, implement the order that the big boys at the top have said to put in, the upgraded order from one age to the next. And uh, then they have the parallel government working along with them by the big foundations, also owned by the big bankers, the big uh, captains of industry, the pirates of industry, to make sure that the new system they bring in is the one that they design as well. Government doesn't make changes in anything. All government does is soak the public for the taxes to build all the stuff to make the future happen for the elite. The elite don't spend their money bringing in a new world order. Never have, never will. Always use the taxpayer. That's what they're for. That's what the herd is for, right? If you eat sheep, you want, you want to fleece them. That's what you use sheep for. You fleece the sheep. And then you eat them. For mutton, you see. You eat them. That's our job. And we're told fairy stories about reality. And for reasons for things, like putting cameras everywhere and so on. It's for your safety. Got to monitor you. You're just dumb, silly animals. Experts will guide you in the future. A world of experts, Lord Bertrand Russell. It's happened, folks. From Hamish myself in Ontario, Canada, where it's been pouring all summer, thanks to all the chemtrails and sprays, it's good night to me, your God, all your gods go with you.